today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. The UK Prime Minister is imploring lawmakers to support her divorce deal with the European Union. Uh, Again, this all has to uh, apparently take place by March 29th. Uh, the people, uh, the, the citizens of, of the United Kingdom must just be absolutely exhausted with all of this chatter and seemingly no progress. Let's bring in Kurt Hubner, Chair for European Integration and Global Political Economy, Institute for European Studies, University of British Columbia, and is with us now. Kurt, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Good afternoon, Scott. How do Brits feel about this? They must be exhausted. Are they still plugged into this on a daily basis of what's going on, or are they checked out? They have to be. It's all about uh, their future, and this is a big decision, obviously, uh, that's happening today, and will probably uh, continue for the next couple of days, and maybe even months or years, leaving a organization you have been a member of for so, so many years and you're so entrenched, that has implications not only for the country as such, but for each citizen. And if you look at the pictures uh, today uh, in front of the parliament, it's still likely, you know, there is, uh, but at the same time, it's also clear the citizen, the population of the UK is highly divided. It's a divided society. And uh, even though in the meantime, there may be more in favor of remaining the European Union, it's still a large minority that would like to leave. And this is a cleavage or kind of a split that is uh, destroying friendships, obviously families. Uh, it's a big thing. Is the last big issue the border with Northern Ireland? Does that seem to be, is that backstop what's creating most of this delay? I think so, Iman. Not only the, 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 the only one, but from the very beginning, uh, the, the, the most critical one, the main problem seems to be that uh, even during the campaign for the referendum in 2016, they were just talking about not the implications that we have for Northern Ireland, and only slowly this came into being, and people realized this may be already becoming a huge headache, a political headache for the government, but also a real kind of concern about the situation on the island. We are now with the Brexit, it would be the outer border of the European Union. And uh, obviously, uh, given the history of uh, Northern Ireland, and Ireland, uh, we see the troubles. Uh, there is this whole scare that uh, things will come back and the whole uh, Good Friday Agreement, they mm. created this kind of peaceful situation, but no longer hold. And, and, and explain a bit in, in more detail uh, in regard to the issues about the border, what the concern is to those that may not know. Basically, um, uh, with the divorce deal, a, a physical border has to be put up because one part it, it would be in the European Union, the other would not. Uh, explain the significance of that and how it would change life in the UK. Yeah, I mean, uh, the situation is like that. Let us assume something that may not happen uh, today, but let us assume for the moment, only to explain the whole kind of situation, that um, Theresa May's withdrawal pla- uh, agreement would get a majority today. I wouldn't expect that, but let's assume for a moment. Even then, the whole UK would stay in the European Union until end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, December 2020, uh, this is the time period, first of all, where things need to be negotiated. It may be even longer until uh, 2022. In this case, uh, 
the UK with England and Wales and Scotland would stay in a kind of loose customs union, whereas Northern Ireland would stay in a very concrete customs union with the European Union and also obey to the most rules of the single market. Right. This would already include or imply a kind of two regimes in the UK, one a kind of loose connection with the EU and one a very strong connection, obviously huge constitutional issue. Right. If until 2020, latest, if there would not be a complete trade deal that would really cement the future relations between the whole of the UK and the European Union, then this so-called backstop would fall in. And in this case, for a minimum, uh, Northern Ireland would have to stay in the Customs Union, as well as obeying the critical rules of the European Union. Right. This would be the kind of division of the UK. Obviously, everybody wants to avoid this. But then also, we know, uh, negotiating complex trade uh, deals, particularly uh, in the, with a country like the UK, with a strong service sector, needs its time. And uh, it may not be sufficient time to do this until 2022 latest. And in this case, the backstop would be there, you know, and then nobody knows what's happening. Uh, we've heard li- uh, chatter recently. Uh, the name IRA, the Irish Republican Army, ha- ha- has been in the headlines again. Uh, letter bombs throughout uh, the UK and such. Does that? Does this have anything to do with all of this? Where does the IRA? What role do they play in all of this? Are, are we going to see, you know, the, those sort of situations raise their head again? Yeah, I mean, the IRA officially has been dissolved, and if I understood kind of used uh, correctly, they're all kind of uh, organizations that now try to right. uh, go back to this kind of uh, IRA uh, offensive and uh, this kind of civil war that was uh, having during the 1970s and 80s. Uh, so I don't think so that it has a lot to do with, uh, with directly with Brexit. This is the kind of, you know, kind of uh, peripheral groups that try to leverage on, the, on this current situation. Right. At this point, I think so. Uh, the IRA doesn't play any kind of role. And Sinn Féin, the political party that is seen as kind of representing the program of the former IRA, they are very active. And are obviously in, in both countries, uh, in the parliament, in both Northern Ireland as well as in the Republic of Ireland, uh, and they have their own kind of plans, but they are not militant. To, this is a political party. So I would not expect at this moment there's a lot happening, but things would change if there would be indeed a physical border being reintroduced. I mean, this would have a lot of repercussions in terms of trade delivery times, yeah. uh, costs of trade, all those kind of things, but also from a psychological point of view. Because at this moment, uh, tens of thousands of uh, commuters are, are, are commutes are happening on a daily basis. All the things is, would, would come to a stop, to a halt, or at least being relayed. And all this may bring back the kind of memories. And this would be the kind of situation where indeed uniformed, uh, more militant uh, groups would try to see their chance. Is uh, is this turning out to be an exercise in futility? Is there actually a solution here? Are are, are we fooling ourselves that there is? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what what happens today. But I but I'm expecting what happens today is that uh, Theresa May she will not uh, have the same kind of strong defeat like the January, 
But I wouldn't expect that for a new kind of deal, that's the old deal, with only new letters, uh, that this would uh, pass today. In this case, there will be a next vote tomorrow. And this vote will be about uh, really making sure there is not a no deal. So this kind of case scenario will, will get probably a, a majority tomorrow. And then a third vote would happen, and this would be about that a government would have to go back to the European Union and ask for a extension. You know, and the extension, man, that's a question then, short, long term, the extension always comes then with, uh, with a short or long, with the kind of uh, probability that uh, at the end of the day, there may be a second referendum, a people's vote. This may actually happen, you know. And given the kind of polls uh, that are out there, uh, it may uh, the outcome may be actually that the UK may stay in the European Union. But again, a very strong minority at this point, at least, seems to be in favor of leaving. So you have this highly divided society, and whoever runs the country in the next couple of years, one of the main tasks will be to heal, to bring those various factions together. To develop a kind more, a kind of more human society that also deals with this whole kind of austerity program of the conservatives over the last couple of years. All this has increased frustration and anger, and this has been turned towards the European Union kind of situation where you can criticize the EU, but they have nothing to do with kind of those kind of programs. So there are huge changes will have to happen if they would be to overcome all those divisions in the British society. If we're at the same place come March 29th, what happens? And I mean, there's yeah. no reason to think that by March 29th it will be any different. Is there? Yeah, I mean, uh, yesterday evening in Strasbourg, where uh, May was meeting uh, the EU president of the Commission, uh, Juncker, in the press conference, he said there is no third chance. So this is now the, the final version of the deal. And if this is not uh, getting mature today, and again, uh, I wouldn't expect that, then we the next big thing will be there will be no, not that the UK will not leave on the 29th, there will be an extension. But the question then is, you know, how long? Yeah. There are European elections coming up end of May, and this would be the, the one thing, a short kind of extension, This, but this is not getting automatically the support on the side of the European Union, because what should change until uh, end of May? You know, the EU is not willing to offer any further other deal or something like this. So it all has to be uh, happening that in the UK. So if you think about it, it's mainly a negotiation inside the, the, the Conservative Party. The, the Tories are negotiating with themselves about what is the kind of next step. Right. And Theresa May seems not to have the kind of uh, a, a, a strong maturity for her deal. Uh, but the others also don't have a maturity for their own kind of plans. So it's, again, a highly divided uh, conservative party, and this is not a good sign. Um, uh, will the deadline of March 29th approaching put pressure on politicians to get it done? Is that the last thing that they're waiting for? Everything up until now has been politics. Or does the, can they just blow right through this this date, this uh, deadline, as if it weren't there, and we'll, we'd be in the same place the day after? And, and at this moment, I'm following the, the live update, what is happening uh, in, in London at, at exactly at this moment. 
And it seems to be the so-called European Research Group, that's a kind of critical faction of the very conservative Brexiteers who want really to leave the European Union. They have just finished their meeting, and it seems to be, at least uh, this is what I'm reading at this, at this point, uh, there seems to be a strong majority voting against uh, the, uh, the May deal. The DUP, the Democratic Unionist Party of Northern Ireland that is supporting the, 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 the minority government of Theresa May, made clear, given the statement of the Attorney General Cox this morning, that um, there's no chance that the UK can leave unilaterally uh, with the withdrawal agreement. So they will vote, will vote against the May uh, agreement. So already those two kind of groups are, are sufficient uh, to give uh, the withdrawal agreement a blow. So they will, you will not get a majority there, I'm pretty sure about it. Again, the defeat will not be as strong as uh, in January, but it will be a defeat. And then from there on, it's all about extension, uh, delays and so on. So I'm pretty sure the UK will not leave on March 29th. Uh, whether what happens then is all kind of uh, future things, you know, depending on the kind of really the, the discussion, the debates inside the UK. But think about it, it's not only a divided uh, Tory party, it's also a divided Labour party. So uh, Corbyn um, plays his own game, and all this indicates it's a highly messy situation in the UK. And it's difficult to make any kind of uh, prognosis what will happen in the next couple of months. Uh, could we end up at another referendum simply because there is no other solution or there doesn't appear to be? Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they try to avoid this, uh, this term second referendum uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, even there's not really a kind of analytical reason for that, but uh, political reasons avoiding this term. But what may happen is that uh, they may, they may, both parties can may come to the conclusion uh, to uh, have a, a people's vote, how they would some call it, uh, and the people's vote would be the question and what you're getting asked will be number one: uh, Should we accept we the citizens accept the withdrawal agreement as it is now, as of as of, as of today? Yeah. Or there can be other questions, but I think so. There is at the end of the day. Something like this must happen. It must, uh, it must go back into the hand of the citizens. It's their decision. It was a close decision, 52 to 48, across the whole UK, via Scotland, Northern Ireland, in favor of staying in the European Union. And the mood has changed anyway, because most of the promises of the Leave campaign have not materialized, will never materialize. Mm. And um, all this will probably come at the end to a situation where uh, the people will get their vote back and they will have their say. Unbelievable that it has dragged out this far, but we may end up there simply because politicians have uh, been unable to come up with some sort of solution. Uh, Kurt Hubner has been with us, Chair for European Integration and Global Political Economy Institute for European Studies at the University of British Columbia. Kurt, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks, Scott. Enjoy the rest of your day. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.